Can I hit record? Uh, yeah. Got it. Wait. Oh, I got my Scorpion right. shirt on. Today. Oh, well. I, I got my L.A. Guns shirt on. By the way, so this is the John Vervedos L.A. Guns shirt. So were you the guy that licensed to, to John Vervedos or? I don't think that's one of our shirts, no. No? Because they did a whole run of, they actually did the Scorpions, did everything, and it was so it was L.A. Guns. And I was like, oh, it must be an L.A. Guns shirt. And you know, Jeremy, I could be wrong. It could be something that we did because it's so many shirts. Yeah. So many shirts, so little time, but... Uh... I guess we'll we'll start off. I guess with the M three festival. You're you're playing yeah. there on uh, July fourth, and you know, as far as I remember, the M three festival was the first one to debut the Steve Riley lineup of L A Guns. Correct. That was that's true, Mitch. That was the very first show we did. We were doing it just to have some fun, see what was going to be happening, and if it went off okay, it went off so well that it just set a bunch of stuff in motion, you know? I mean, we got Eric Baker as a manager, we got Sullivan Big as an agent, and yeah. Golden Robot Records signed us right away, so we went in and did the album. So it set off a big thing doing that M3 show. Yeah. yeah. And it was sort of uh, like a launching pad for, for you guys at that point. It sure was. It was uh, unbelievable. And I think the uh, the impact of social media played a, a big role in it, too, because a lot of fans, uh, including myself, we put stuff on Twitter, we put stuff on Facebook and fans around the world looked at it and went, oh, these guys are pretty good. Yeah. You know, well, Mitch, you know, you, you played such a vital role in this. Not only were we friends for years and you have been friends with the band for years, yep. but when you shot that on your phone and put it up on at the internet, it just was unbelievable because the way you shot it too, it, it just came out so good. The yeah. sound was quality was great on it. And uh, we just can't thank you enough for shooting that that day. <laughs> and by the I way, know. Steve, I was the one over Mitch's shoulder directing him saying, no. hey, here, <laughs> right pan on, this way, go that way. The sound's good. So you could thank me technically. Just throw that out there. Sure. sure. <laughs> no, but it, it does go to show the importance of social media. I mean, we all know the impact yeah. of social media, but I mean, this one essentially gave this band uh, whatever a kick in the ass or or expose whatever you want to call the whatever what you want to call it. it 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 really did make a difference um well it kind of kicked the door down for all the people that were talking shit you know and then you really let the music do the talking that weekend yeah. absolutely right jeremy and the thing is, is that the the show it, first of all mitch filming it was a big big part of it but the us nailing it too we really didn't know we only got together a couple of times to play and uh, like I said, we were going to do that show as a fun show, see how it went, maybe do a couple more shows. We didn't really have this grand plan of we were going to do all, everything that happened afterwards, but we nailed that show. I was so, not surprised, but I was so thrilled that everybody stepped up and it just showed me that everybody in the band is a really, really good musician without that many rehearsals and to do a show that well. I was really, really pleased. Yeah. So what can we expect from M3 Weekend? What, what are you guys going to be doing set list wise? What's what's the lineup at this point as well? Well, you know, obviously we could just rest on our laurels and keep doing the old set with all of the songs that we've been doing since 1987 and uh, all the videos. This year, we're going to mix it up quite big because we're going to do six songs off of Renegades. 
Oh, wow. Usually, wow. yeah, I know. Usually you're, we're going to do like about a 14, 15 song set. And usually, really? usually you want to maybe include two new songs off of the new album and be happy with that. We want to go further than that. We, we, we feel like, you know, we're going to do a lot of the old classics, but we're going to mix it up with six songs from Renegades. And I think the fans are going to like it. We have some really good material put out. It's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it plays out for him. <laughs> it, it is a bold move. But let me quickly ask you about that because it sure it could have been so easy just to go do the bar circuit and play the 10 hits that everybody knows, you know, Ballad of Jane and, and Rip and Tear and all. Talk to me about wanting to make new music and say, hey, you know what? This Riley L.A. Guns is not just going to go out and rest on its laurels. Uh, Talk to me about that importance of making that album. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Mitch, it, it was so important because we needed something to separate it. Everybody knows there's two LA guns out there. Right. And we needed something to separate ourselves from the pack. And uh, the best way to do it is to do an album, feel good about the album. We got really good reviews. It streamed extremely well. And uh, the best thing that we could do now is do a set with some new material in it. Obviously, we're gonna start the set off with some old classics, five new old classics, and then do a midsection of Renegades and then go out with some old classics too. So we're gonna we're gonna hit every area where the fans wanna hear some old favorites, but it is a ballsy move, and I think it's the right thing to do with the situation that's going on with LA guys. Right, right. Well, you know what? Hey, you know, just really quickly, talk about the situation with LA Guns right now. So, what's going on with the name and everything? So, you're Riley's LA Guns, Phil and Tracy. They got the LA. What's what's the dealio with that? I, I tell you what, Jeremy. The deal is, is this: we have always, from the very beginning, with any stuff up on the internet, any ads, anything that we were doing, we were putting the band's name of the members on everything we did. Steve Riley, Kelly Nichols, Scott Griffin, Kurt Froehlich. We yeah. were doing it on everything. And the funny thing about this is that when all of this started, all of the stuff people that were covering us were saying Riley's LA Guns. Mm -hmm. And we wanted there to be a, a, something different. We did not want to be just LA Guns and two LA Guns out there. Even though we could have fought for that and kept going and going, we wanted there to be something different. And this is the agreement we came to. We're happy with it because it separates us. I think people know too, all the fans know that this is a band that Steve continued on. It's Riley's LA Guns with Kelly Nichols. And mm -hmm. it just makes it a lot more sense to do this right now. When right. the decision came in or when we, we the name Riley's L.A. Guns became known to the public, uh, Tracy went on online and said, I didn't want Steve to starve in the street. So I'm giving him this gift of using the name L.A. Guns. Um, how accurate was that? Because that, that seemed a little snooty to me to, to, to make a statement like that. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I, I, you know, I don't I'm not a big Internet guy. But I, obviously the guy sent me stuff to check out and his interviews are so bizarre that uh, I just don't know what to make of them really. Uh, obviously we're gonna still keep the high road, me and Kelly, and not get into a tit for tat with them. And they, he just keeps mouthing off 
And his interviews are so bizarre. They're, they're all over the place. They don't make sense. They're not accurate. And so, you know, the deal is, is that we wanted to keep that badge that we created, the, the, the new Doc LA Guns badge. Which and looks great, by the way. Nice logo. Yeah, we're going to be using that, Jeremy, and, and we're really happy with that. The only thing we're doing is making sure that people know that this is Riley's LA Guns and it's not the other LA Guns. And that's probably a good thing all the way around, you know? But I tell you what, his interviews are, are bizarre and they're all over the place. They're not accurate at all. And like I said, I, I, I just won't come down hard on him because that's exactly what he did with me and Kelly. And it's just, I think the fans are really aware of that. It doesn't look good. I yeah. read some of the comments after his interviews and the fans are just fed up with it because it's just kind of really childish. Well, you know, it's like I was reading all the stuff and I sort of followed it that, you know, for me as a fan, I was just like, oh, wait, there's two L.A. guns. But the, and then I kind of read into the thing. and I was like, well, like for like it just seems like a whole lot of high school drama between like a bunch of guys that used to be friends and it just kind of fizzled out. Like, it's a shame that it panned out the way it did. And then you see Tracy sort of make these comments and like kind of pushing this narrative of like, oh, I didn't want Steve to go broke. So I gave him this favor of, you know, going on with the name. It just, it just seems so petty and childish to me at this point. Like, I totally, I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's like, you know, just to say stuff like that, that I, he doesn't want me to be out on the streets. Yeah. You don't have any idea about what I am and what I'm doing and what I have. And he, 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 they, they brought this lawsuit to us and they posted it up on the internet with 17 complaints about what they wanted to do coming after us. And really the only thing that came out of this lawsuit was it was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. We would have put Riley's LA guns up there immediately if that was asked of us but for him to go after us so hard posted on the internet that was just so out of line and uh none of those charges it was dismissed with prejudice in court right. so yeah. it's gone now the whole lawsuit is gone and, right. and one thing i do agree with trace is it was a big waste of time and money it was it was horrible it, yeah. it was and there was a point where uh tracy threw up on the internet that he won something in not Nevada about a trademark. And it's like, well, the trademark was, was both of you. So, so you were posting sort of old news. Like it was, it was yeah. trying to sway the narrative. It was propaganda. Absolutely. And I tell you what, <laughs> yeah, he, he's the type of person that if you don't agree with him, and I think Mitch, you know this very well, if you mm -hmm. don't agree with him, he'll come down hard on you. He doesn't, he doesn't understand that people have, different opinions about different stuff and people like different stuff than he does. So like he comes down hard on people really hard and I don't think it comes off well on the internet. I really believe that the fans are aware that it's just silly though. The, the, the comments that are being made on the other side, starting from the very beginning saying that me and Kelly can't play anymore and all of this stuff. And now uh, we ended up doing a great album. We got some great shows lined up this year. You got great reviews on the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're really pleased with the man. And uh, and uh, I'm so pleased with the guys, too. This lineup that me and Kelly are working with, with Kurt and Scott, it's just so much fun right now. There's no head cases. Everybody's just into it. If something goes down, it goes down. And we just roll with the punches right now. 
And uh, I'm just proud of the guys, big time. What about uh, bringing back Mick Cripps or, or working with him at some point? I mean, he, he's another part. I mean, he's doing his brood of the brew list, but he'd be a fun little, even if it's just for a, a one-off. I mean, who cares? Be fun. Absolutely. And we have, uh, we've extended that invitation to Mick. Kelly and I are still very good friends with Mick. I don't know if Phil and Trace are, but me and Kelly are very good friends with Mick. Hmm. He's doing his band. He's having so much fun with it. And he, he came right back and uh, told us, you know, he's having so much fun doing that. that he just wants to hang into that scene right now. But that invitation to Mick is always open to come and play with us because we love the guy. It's interesting you say that because from a fan perspective, you know, looking in, it's like you seem like you're friends with everybody. You seem like a cool dude, like a cool hang. It seems like it's the other side that's just kind of toxic and like, you know, want to erase everybody from the band's history. And it's, it's us. It's our way or the highway kind of deal. Absolutely. You know, Jeremy, the thing is, is that uh, one of the interviews I read, and this is early on when we started Riley's LA Guns with Kelly. A, one of the interviews I read was they did not want to play on any of these festivals. They did not want to be part of packaging of 80s bands and that genre. And what it did was it kind of excluded them because the big festivals, we are so into the genre. We're so proud of being part of the 80s genre. And we have so many friends in other bands that when we do the M3, when we do Sturges, when we do the Iowa State Fair, we're going to be doing, uh, we have a bunch of Summerfest in Milwaukee. These are fun shows. They're with all our friends. Where we end up on the bill is a direct thing of how many albums you sold. Whether you like the bands that are headlining over you does not matter. And, you know, it goes directly on how many albums bands sold. And that's how these promoters put these, these packages together. Mm -hmm. So we're just happy to be on the package because we're proud of being with the 80s genre. And we had so many friends in this scene yeah. that would never say we don't want to play with them. That's just outrageous to say something like that. So in turn... It looks like those guys didn't end up doing a lot of club work mm -hmm. and we're getting all of these festivals and casinos and we're happy. Yeah, yeah it's great work. Do you think oh, that yeah. that it was that attitude that kind of prevented L.A. Guns from getting to sort of that next level? Like, you know, you guys are always sort of like the, the support band, never really an arena headline act. Do yes. you think it was Tracy and Phil's sort of attitude about that kind of thing that kind of held the band back? Well, you know, I got to tell you something. I think everybody knows right from 87 on, I ran the business for LA guys. They mm -hmm. wanted me to, the band wanted me to. And yeah. uh, I, you know, there were times we were on bills where like Great White or Warrant, they were gonna headline over us. These are friends of ours. And yeah. we, understand, we understand why they were gonna headline. They sold more records. They had more platinum records. Yep. And I totally understood it. I don't think Trace and Phil ever understood the situation of how these bills are put together. And it was a real thorn in their side to think that we were going to go on before these bands. I always understood it. I always was trying to sell it as, come on, guys, it's a great show. It's great for us to get out there. We're on this bill. A yeah. lot of people will be there. A lot of people will be talking about it on the Internet. It's good all the way across. 
them, they were really not happy with us going on in front of some bands and they never could understand. Those bands went double platinum, triple platinum on their albums. So, Trace, so wait, hold on. So you'd be pitched to be on a bill with, say, Warrant or somebody, and Phil and Trace would be like, no way. We're not going on before them. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, it was a wow. really, really, it was a tough, tough scene to go through because I had to con- con- continuously try to t- tell them why it was good to be on the bill, why it was good to be at the scene and be with these bands. And they never got it. They never got it, which is why they did that interview saying they were going they didn't want to be on these festival bills they didn't like where they ended up on the on the bill and they don't want to be part of these packages of 80 genre look that is just ridiculous because that's exactly what we're all about well let's yeah. be honest that that's what th- this is sort of why you played m3 the very first time they got into a beef with the promoter because uh, eric baker and m3 wanted to put them on like at whatever two in the afternoon or three in the afternoon and they said, fuck that. And then Eric called you and said, you want to do it? And you went, yeah, I'm in. I mean, that's that's basically the story. Yeah. Exactly. And he called me in 2017, Eric Baker, and because they were going to do it in 2017. He called me in 2017 saying they were going to pull out. They didn't like where, where they were on the bill. And I told him, I don't really feel comfortable doing it right now. It looks a little desperate. And then he called me in 2018 and said the same thing. They tried to get them. They didn't like where they ended up on the bill. And again, I turned it down. And then in 2019, when he called me, I called Kelly right away. And I said, want to go do this and have some fun. We co-wrote all of the songs with those guys. We're really a big part of LA Guns. And we weren't just the bass player and drummer. We were songwriters in the band too. And yeah. very, you know, out, we were right out there with everybody. And so in 2019, we just said, let's go have fun with it. And we finally did it. Yeah. Like I said it set all this stuff in motion. Yeah. yeah let, me, let, me, uh, let me just kind of take a hard left here for a second. This year, uh, 2021, is the 20th anniversary of the Man in the Moon album, which I think was just phenomenal. It was such a great return to form. Mm-hmm. Phil Lewis comes back. Mick Cripps comes back. You and Tracy are still there. Uh, just just talk to me about that moment, because you really sort of captured lightning in a bottle. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it implodes again. But that was such a great album. I agree. I totally agree, Mitch. That was a really, really good album. And it was so much fun to have Mick back in the fold and Phil back in the fold and the four of us doing it. And Gilby Mark- Clark producing. Yeah. And Muddy on bass. And it, it, it really came together really, really well. But I, a lot of those lineups imploded for just silly reasons, too. They, like what? Like what would happen? Like, you know, I, I'll just say, like, you know, I think that extending the arm out to Mick a little bit better during Man on the Moon might have kept him in the fold, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think Phil and Trace have that in them to extend the arm out to Is it ego? People. Like, is it this, like, is that what it is? You know, I tell you what, bro, I, I think I'll try to figure it out for the rest of my life. But, <laughs> it, it, but obviously, these lineups imploded for a reason. And I was always trying to keep things together. I was yeah. always trying to keep the wheel moving forward. And 
I was up against a, a really hard situation with Phil and Trace. They didn't want to be on certain bills. They didn't want to play with certain people anymore. Yeah. And they, you know, certain things just implode with like that. Well, it's funny because I, I, I think, you know, Mitch and I, we, we talk about this often. It's like you look at the past members of L.A. Guns and it's like, I think you guys would win the award for the most revolving door members that have come in and out. I, I think it's got to be over 100 at this point. And it's well, like you kind of you kind of have to look at the situ- situation. It's like, OK, what's the problem here? Like, well, and the, the funny thing is, is, you know, bands will have their band page and then they'll have the band's discography page. But L.A. Guns is one of the few that has a Wikipedia for only band members. <laughs> and it stretches. Yeah. So so what is the common denominator or the common factor where somebody comes into the band and goes, oh, no, I, yeah, I can't stay here. Yeah. Like what happens? Like Tracy just gets tired of somebody and he's like, ah, or somebody comes in as a better guitar player and he gets nervous or like, like what's the deal? Well, there? You know, let's go with one of the most recent situations that happened. They had Michael Grant in the band. Michael Grant is an excellent musician. He could sing great. He looks great. He's into the situation 100%. He's a great guy. What happened? What happened? He was in the band for six months and it imploded and mm-hmm. they got rid of him. I wasn't there, but it tells you a lot about you, that question. What the hell is going on? Why wouldn't you want to keep Michael Grant in the band and have Tracy and him playing guitars. It yeah. made a lot of sense when they got him and they kept him. Yep. And bam, he's out of it. He did interviews saying that he was pushed out of it and there was some jealousy going on. Come on. My uh, my see. understanding was that he was too cute and picked up all the girls after the show and it annoyed other people. <laughs> I That's now. all a good thing, though, Mitch. That's all good. <laughs> if he is that good of a guitar player and he looks that good and he's a chick magnet. And I'm on the poster. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's all good for the band. What's bad about that? I don't see yeah. So, I heard it. I heard his Marshall stack was bigger than Tracy's. So I know you see, <laughs> it gets really Jeremy. It does. It gets silly like that. You try to figure it out and you try to say, why wouldn't this work? You got a guy that is just so hot. He fits in great. He can do just about anything you ask him to do. And uh, why wouldn't it go on? And there's the question mark right there. And it goes back to, that question why can't they keep certain things together and uh, like i said i'll go back to that interview saying you don't want to play with the 80s genre you don't want to be on these 80s festivals what it doesn't make any sense that's exactly who we are it's just a pretentious kind of snobby mentality it's like oh like as if you're better than them but you were you were around the same time like that makes no sense and and i'm embracing it totally and cashing in on it that too Capitalize, take it. To be able to say that you are part of that and that you were invited to be on these bills, that's a big thing, man. I don't take that lightly. I think that there are so many 80s bands that would like to be invited to these festivals, friends with these guys, and and get along with them and have no problem being on a bill with them, opening up for them. You know, I just have no problem with that, but I guess they do. Well, look, it's like I'd rather be on that bill with all those awesome bands opening instead of headlining the bowling alley down the hall. You know, there you go. There you go, man. I tell you what. And, you know, they are going to end up doing 
a string of club shows instead of like us. We're going to do a string of festivals, casinos, Iowa State Field. We have some really great shows because we and won't hesitate to say yes if they want us on one of those bills. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an honor for them that they asked us. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of great merch sales. You're going to sell 500 T-shirts a night rather than four. Absolutely, and we're going to go <laughs> on at a civilized time niche instead of 12.30 at night and say, we're headlining. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. You're going on yeah. in a 100-seat club saying, hey, we're the kings of the night instead of going on at like 6 o'clock in the, uh, at night and yeah. being sandwiched in between some great dance it just doesn't make sense to me. And even that, you know, it's like, Mitch, you know, as a dad, it's like going out and going to, the, you know, the basement of the Brass Monkey and seeing L.A. Guns go on at midnight. You know, it's like, I it, I, listen, I can't stand it. You know, your your fan base is 40, 50 years old. They have jobs to get to in the morning. They have babysitters to hire. Nobody wants to hire a 13 year old babysitter to stay till three in the morning with their four year old kid. You want to get in there. The band comes on at 8.39. By 10.30, 11, it's done. You're home. Babysitter's home safely. And guess what? You get to get up and go to bed. This whole, we got to play at 2 in the morning. Fuck off. (laughs) It's so true, Mitch. Everything you said is so true. The other thing is, is taking into consideration of this, too. The shows we are going to do, everybody knows nobody are really taking out buses anymore. We're not taking out big trucks with all of our own equipment. You are using the equipment that's at a venue. So you advance it. And so at these club venues, and God bless them, I I did them for years and they tried hard and they really tried to treat us good. The equipment isn't up to par. The stage isn't up to par. The PA isn't up to par. When we do these festivals, we are using the best equipment. We're on a huge stage with a video backdrop and the best PA, best monitor guys and, and house guys mixing it. It's at a civilized time where all of our fans, which you are correct, yeah. we're all getting older. Nobody wants to stay until one o'clock in the morning to see us no. play. They want to no. go out of civilized time because Listen, we're all getting older. And even if I want to stay, I can't. You okay. know, I got to get up and go to work and I got to make sure the kids are, get, are, are, up, are, are up and going to school. I mean, it's not that I don't want to stay up till five in the morning. I, why not? It's not I can't. I can't. <laughs> I've got responsibilities. You know, I totally agree. yeah. Totally hey, listen, agree. I want to move on really quickly because um, one of my favorite albums is Cocked and Loaded, and I specifically love the drum sound on that record. The Ballad of Jane is one of the best snare sounds of the '80s. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And talk to me a little bit about the drum sound on that song specifically. Do you remember what snare you were using on that? Yes, you know, I've always been a Ludwig guy, but when I joined Wasp, I got a big, big offer to go to Tama. Mm. And it was just a huge, huge offer to do a bunch of stuff for them and them to just give me a bunch of equipment. It was too good to turn down. So for like three or four years, I went over to Tama. I came back to Ludwig again and got endorsed by Ludwig. I have always, even when I was in with Tama, I've always used a Ludwig Superphonic snare. It's a regular six and a half by 14 superphonic snare. You know, what I do, Jeremy, is I really tighten the bottom head. I tighten it really good. And uh, I leave a little bit of room on the the top head so I can fool with it. And uh, 
I just been really fortunate all the way through Wasp too to get that really, really good snare sound. And I believe it's because of the way I tune it with a hard bottom and a kind of a medium top so I can tighten it if I want to. But uh, yeah, always a Ludwig Superphonic snare. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, because the the uh, the drums on that record are awesome. Was there any like sample replacement done in the mix or is that like the drum kit in the room? No, in fact, you want to know what they did during that album. Uh, John Padell and Dwayne Barron and and the guys, they all they sampled my drums for their library. They liked the sound of my drums so good that they sampled each thing. I went into the studio just hitting the snare, wow. hitting the rack, hitting the floor, hitting the kick. And they sampled that, and uh, there was no me using any kind of triggers or samples with that sound. That was just me. Wow. Mm. So did, did, your, did your samples end up on other records back in the day? You know, I think that, you know, when I Ancient Chinese in, C, non-disclosure agreement? <laughs> yeah, when I did Live in the Raw with Wasp, yeah. I think that, you know, I, everybody's aware that live albums, you pretty much have to nail the drums on it. And then you can bring it in the studio and sweeten up the guitars and vocals. Mm. Sometimes you'll be lucky to land the guitars and you land that track from the live thing. Me, I, I got such a good sound on that snare on Live in the Raw that I believe I heard it on other albums. I don't know, I yeah. could be wrong, but I think that, that I have heard my sampled snare on other albums and it was kind of a, a my snare had not a big ring sound to it, but it had a, a ring to it. it. And it had like a length to it as well. Exactly. And that, that ring and length on the, the sound was something that, because I did some other interviews with some uh, drummers and they said, what did you do with that? And I said, I really didn't do anything. That was just the way I was tuning it. And uh, it, it just had a nice little bit of a ring to it. But I do believe I heard my snare being sampled on other albums. I could be wrong. I don't know. But Listen I don't know. to the radio. You're like, wait, is that, is that the rip and tear snare? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. That's the way well, it should be. I wish the border was over so we could get to see you on 4th of July at the M3 Fest. But uh, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll catch uh, you on the road somewhere and uh, we'll have yeah. a blast. You know, Us Canadians can't come down. Uh, let me ask you something about this. Yeah. When is Trudeau going to open it up so you can't travel? I don't understand. Probably by the probably mid July, if anything. Oh, man. I'm what hearing more that? September, so who knows? Oh, I, I'm going to miss a lot of shows. Kiss is going on in the states. Uh, the M3 is going on in the states. Uh, Guns and Roses. Lou Hey, Tracy and Phil at the bowling alley. I mean, like we're we're missing it all, man. You know. <laughs> You know, and we we literally have Lou Graham forty minutes from my house, but it has to be across the border in Malone, New York. Can't yeah. go. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> it's like down the road, down the road, literally. It's across the border and like five minutes east of the border. Like, it, and I can't cr and I can't go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna have to like put out my ears and go. Can I hear? You? And you're saying like you guys are saying that because you're Canadian. You can't travel out of the country. That is the law right now. No, we can. We can go. But when we come back, you have to quarantine for three days. Oh, right? You have to have a negative test. And it's, it's you have to pay thing. for it. And and but it's yeah. also it's non-essential travel. You can't go. So going oh, man, to a rock every, show, I don't think qualifies. Well, if we're going as journalists to cover the show, I mean, it's kind of essential. Yeah. You know? Could be. Could be. But it, yeah, the, the, it's the coming back. that's a pain in the ass because. Yeah. 
that is it. It's it's a it's a government sponsored hotel, and you are responsible to pay for the hotel, for the the blah, for the test, for the food. For so yeah. most people end up paying two, three, four thousand dollars. And it's like I'm not paying, you know, twenty three hundred bucks to, to go. Sorry, oh, okay. no. I'm with you. I totally agree. But wow, what a ball break. Yeah. But uh, soon, soon, where the vaccines are rolling out and yep. soon. Oh, we're going to miss you guys at M3, man. Big time. Yeah. Go yeah. back next year. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be totally. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, it was great to see you again. Best of luck at M3. Best of luck this summer on, this, on the festival circuit with the record and everything. And um, keep great doing record. it, man. We, we love what you guys are doing. Great stuff. Oh, man, love thank it. you so much for having me on your show, you guys. Listen, be safe. And I hope to see you maybe like when that border opens up. Yeah, yep. 2022. Let's do it. All right, babe. Right Thank on. you, sir. Have a good night. Have a good day. Thank you, guys. Cheers.